Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back here on Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister and host of the show, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing, including the huge list of new bikes and a bunch of suspension and all kinds of gear that we're reviewing over at blisterreview.com. So I think a lot of people, probably everyone listening to this, has had some idea over the years that has sounded like a really exciting thing to do with a good friend. But a lot of those pipe dreams, whether it be traveling around the world or starting a company or forming a band or whatever it might be, never really come to fruition. But not only have Anna Newkirk and Abby Hoagie pulled off the idea of starting their own mountain bike team together, they're very successfully racing downhill World Cups under the flag of Beyond Racing. And so... I sat down with both Anna and Abby to talk about how the program came to be in the first place, what they hope to accomplish by starting their own team rather than riding for other established ones as they had been doing at various points, and also the really outstanding story of how they wound up riding Contra frames for this coming season. There's a ton of fun stuff in here, and Anna and Abby tell their story with good humor and just a lot of really delightful details about what they've pulled off. And it's a super fun one that I think you're really going to enjoy. But before we get into that, I do want to say that while we are certainly in the thick of summer at the moment, that won't last for forever. And we are already taking signups for our upcoming 2024 Blister Summit in our home of Mount Crested Butte, Colorado. And this year's summit is already shaping up to be the biggest and best yet. I had an absolute blast at the 2023 summit and am very much looking forward to 2024. So check out the link in the show notes and come join us this coming February for the 2024 summit. And with that, let's get right to my conversation with Anna Newkirk and Abby Hoagie. Well, Anna, Abby, great to have you both on and chat. How are you doing today, and where are you today? Um, thank you. Hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> you too, Anna. Um, we, I'm doing pretty good, um, and we're currently in Innsbruck. We are just uh, drove over here from Leo Gang. It's about like two hour drive from there, and now we're chilling in our um, accommodation here, waiting for Crankford's Innsbruck to start and getting some rest days in, relaxing the muscles before we have to get going again. Right. Pretty quick turnaround here after back-to-back World Cups, getting right into Crankworks. So uh, been staying busy, and we'll get into all that in a little bit here. And appreciate you taking the time to chat between all that. So good bit to cover here, but kind of where I wanted to start is that the two of you collectively are beyond racing. And um, kind of a cool thing you've got going here with your own little team and race program going on so and that you've been running for a couple years now with some changes for this year that we'll get to in a bit but i'd be curious to hear you tell us a bit about kind of how you decided to partner up and start beyond racing and what the initial goals for it were in the first place you say kind of a cool thing i think it's the bestest (laughs) so do i i yeah, I'm super stoked on our setup. Yeah, I, I undersold it there. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. We appreciate it. <laughs> Anna, you go. 
Um, yeah, so Abby and I met a while ago, actually like six years ago now, back in 2017 at a mountain bike race. 2017? I think. Yes, I think so. Yeah, and there we became like, we became buddies pretty quickly, but I don't think we became like super close until 2018 until we spontaneously were like, hey, let's go on like a bike park road trip together um, and sleep in Abby's van on a mattress that's 80 centimeters wide. Um, I think, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we were both like sleeping half on it, you know, like head to toe, um, just to maximize space in your face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that really, yeah, that really brought us together. And I think since then we've be, we've become best friends. Um, and we've always just gone riding together, gone to a lot of races together. We travel a lot, um, together a lot. Abby would always drive me everywhere because I didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> um, um, we live like two and a half hours away from each other. So I live in Germany and I live in Switzerland. Um, and we were like the only two American racers in Europe. So I think that was, those were like a few things that connected us. And then I would always like, I had to like kind of drive past where she lived anyways, or I would make like a slight detour, like a, like a one to two hour detour, like to pick her up because also like driving alone is not so fun. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of how it ended up happening. And we just ended up at all the races together, even though we weren't on the same team. Yeah. And then in, when was this? At the end of 2021. Yeah, I was doing my own privateer thing in 2021. Abby was in a team. And at the time, I think we were driving to Worlds and we were like, oh, actually, wait, sorry, I'm wrong. At the end of 2019, I think we both first had the idea. We were like, oh, haha, you know, what if we made a team? Just like kind of as a joke, but like kind of serious. But we didn't do anything about it. And then it was in 2021 when we were driving to Worlds. We were like, you know, what if we like actually did this and actually like went through with this and made our own team? I think it could be really cool and really good. Um, So then at Worlds, we made like our first draft, our first, um, yeah, like, portfolio portfolio. I guess (laughs) yeah of our team and yeah started contacting people and talking to people about it and a lot of people were super stoked on it one person who helped us out a whole bunch with starting up the team was Elliot Jackson um like we would not be where we are without him yeah yeah we thought we we like we like we were at the after party at snowshoe or something like that or or it was actually I don't know right before it or something uh, and we like we're like Elliot, yo, we're thinking about doing this team together. What do you think? Because like Elliot was like is like our our buddy. Like we just always like chill with him at races. And um, he's like just a funny dude. So um, <laughs> we were like, yo, this thing. And he's like, do it. It is the best thing I've heard. I support it. I'm gonna help <laughs> you guys out. And we were like, oh my god, really? And then um, yeah, and we had like had like decide on a name and stuff and we like, we had like the weirdest stuff because we both start with a we were like double a racing we're, like, we're not battery <laughs> double a battery um, <laughs> yeah or like something like with like girls or whatever like but then we were like yo we don't just want to be like a girl team we want to be like a taken serious uci team and yeah just being like sick ass mountain bike sorry part of my french uh just like being um like good mountain bikers best friends and like going through this whole the whole wave of racing and uh like just being everywhere together, like being there when injuries, being there when like when somebody wants to go try a new trick or something, the other person's like there to take them to the hospital in case something happens um, <laughs> or something like that. It's just, um, we ended up everywhere together and it was just, I couldn't imagine racing without her. And I don't think I would have gotten 
like so into it if i hadn't have like also like just felt so comfortable like just having anna there so i think it was she was like a big part of why i loved racing so much and then we put this team together and we were like it, we called it beyond racing because we were like yo this is more than just a race team like we're like best friends like the mountain bike community has done so much for our lives and has brought us to this spot in in our lives where we're really happy and we really want to be here and we think that we can like add to each other's energy and also like together we can find sponsors that support how much we love to ride and um that's how yeah and then we, that's how we really like that's how we proposed it to our sponsors and that's how we also like that's what we wanted it to be. Um, it, we we love racing. We love getting like amazing results. We love pushing each other's limits and everything. Um, but we also just love doing it together. And um, that's why uh, it's uh, beyond racing. Yeah, we're like if you like if you like have a machine and there's like cogs in it, right? If I if, like like Anna and I are like two little cogs and we like um, add to each other's energy. Like if I forget something, she remembers. If she forgets something, I remember. <laughs> if she breaks something, I fix it. <laughs> something i don't know stuff like that you know it's just uh it just it just works and um it was like the most comfortable thing because i was in a few teams before that where it was kind of like like the vibe was like it was it worked but it wasn't great and it was like oh is this even like really what i want to do and stuff like that but like yeah it just clicked and like sometimes she cooks sometimes i cook she makes breakfast i make dinner like we have both of our stuff that we like do better and the other person like benefits from like like the things that one person's better at the other person benefits from and the other way around it's just it's just really add to each other yeah yeah so yeah that's where we are yeah so i mean about 100 questions i want to ask out of that but i guess one of the things that jumps out is so obviously there's a big leap from having the idea that running this team with your your best friend is going to be super cool and exciting but you know, actually making it happen is something else entirely. And obviously you mentioned Elliot being instrumental and in kind of getting things off the ground, but tell us a bit more about how you actually went about figuring out what it would take to make this run and putting together everything you needed to do to make it happen. And a bit more about what actually goes into making the whole program a reality rather than just a cool idea that sounded really exciting. Um, well, I, I've been racing, um, on some teams for a few years. So I was, um, first I was on like a pro propane team for two years. Then I was on uh, a variety of pivot cycles teams for like four years. So, um, I, we, I wasn't like new to racing and, um, Anna wasn't new to the whole organizational part because she had been privateering for a whole year. Um, and we were very much doing all of this stuff on our own. Like we'd also fix our own bikes because we we're both pretty, uh, handy with the tools um and uh yeah and basically we like we sat down wrote down what we need what we need to do to have our own team and then we wrote down what we needed to make it happen um and we made that cool portfolio where um a friend of Elliot named kate helped us out with like the whole layout and design to make it look super professional made us a logo she was absolutely also instrumental shout out to kate at this um and <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, uh, I took over like the financial part of like opening bank account and stuff like that, where we would have like the collective team, um, budget go into, so we could like keep it separate from our private accounts. Um, and then Anna got super smart on the whole UCI end. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we basically just like spread out the, um, uh, the, 
the Alfgaben Alf in English, Anna. The workload. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We, we divided <laughs> up the workload. No, no, you uh, did so a whole bunch of like all your knowledge from privateering and your previous team years too, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I learned a lot privateering on how to like manage everything myself. Um, yeah, I also think the workload kind of divided itself naturally a bit. Yeah, like things that you knew better, you just took over. Things that I thought I knew better, I just took over. Or um, it also was like about a regional thing. Like I live in Germany and like taxes and, and, and bank accounts are different. And then she lives in Switzerland, but we're both American. So like we had to figure out like the logistics of it all. Um, and I, like one thing that I was unhappy about in my old team was like, it was kind of untransparent. Like you didn't really know where the funding was going. You didn't really know like what your responsibilities were and stuff like that. And that was like a big reason why I decided to like leave that team and, um, make this new team with Anna because um I just I, I that was something I really I really wanted I just wanted to have a little bit more control over it because after all it's like it's it's my passion it's my it's my life and it's uh putting everything on the line to um get these amazing results and you like if you feel like you're not really getting stuff out of it if you're not really getting what you what you want or deserve out of it then it's like it just it makes you it ultimately makes you pretty unhappy so um yeah, I think uh, we just like, yeah, that was like how we decided to um, basically take the organizational part into our own hands. Um, and the sponsor part, do you want to say how we got the sponsors, Anna? Yeah, so um, I think that's one area where personally I definitely learned the most and where Elliot did help a lot. But both Abby and I had contacts from previous teams and or privateering and stuff like that. So there were some brands where I knew the people really where, really well and we got those people on board and there were some companies where Abby knew the people really well and had really close connections too. So we got them on board, um, which is really cool and really good that we both had those con like different contacts with different companies and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and most of the people we talked to were super stoked to join the team and support us, which I'm very grateful for. Like we have the best partners, but... Yeah, I do think Elliot also helped us out a lot there with helping create our um, portfolio, our team deck, and also like kind of showing us or telling us like what we're worth and how to like prove what we're worth and make ourselves marketable. Um, that's definitely the area where I had to learn the most, like just marketing ourselves and selling ourselves kind of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess, Anna, I'd be curious to have you expand on that a little bit. Like, what kind of were the big takeaways and where did you feel like you really were able to step your game up there? Um, I think in really just, like, not underselling ourselves because that's a thing that a lot of people tend to do in this sport. Unfortunately, also, a lot of women tend to, tend to do in this sport. Um, we tend to undersell ourselves and settle for less than we're worth. And I think we, yeah, Elliot really helped open at least my eyes to see like um, what we're actually doing for companies and how, like, I guess that it's like, it's not just a one-sided thing that it's like mutually beneficial and also how to make ourselves beneficial to companies and stuff like um, through racing. Yes. But also through social media, through doing clinics, um, through being just in general, a brand ambassador and through doing something different like 
I think our team is a bit different than other teams. Um, there are a few things that set us apart. Like one, at least last year, we were the only um, purely female mountain or downhill team, not mountain bike team. This year, we're one of the few teams um, on a steel bike. And we also do a lot, again, like a lot of clinics, a lot of coaching. We're both, neither of us are like fully pro, but like we both do a lot of stuff on the side. We both have our side hustles. Abby has a lot more side hustles than me, but you know, <laughs> I've got a few going on. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. Right. Okay. And I guess would also just be curious from both of you to hear more about what the experience of actually running the team has been like and were the things that surprised you about what it required has it all kind of gone more or less to plan and how big an adjustment did it feel like coming from both of your sort of respective prior situations with you know Anna like you said racing as a privateer Abby you coming off of a team before this sort of how's that all come together um, so I'd say that honestly, it was easier than I thought. Um, in the first year, um, cause everything happened pretty late. Like we didn't, we didn't actually communicate with like a proper bike sponsor until April. And we were riding like our, our old frames before that, because, um, we didn't actually find a, um, a sponsor that we wanted to be with. It was really important to us that we wanted like, um, a brand that, uh, we also stood behind and that wanted to support what we were trying to achieve. So that was super important to us. And we had talked to a few brands, but they all wanted to put us into some other categories, wanted to give us a different name, wanted to under categorize us with like a different team and stuff like that. And we didn't really want that. So we were like, Hey, before we do that, our bikes are so good. Let's just fix them up and ride our old bikes, but like ride with the, like with our morals. Um, so, um, and then like the whole bike brand didn't happen until, um, April, we ended up riding her Swiss brand last year called bikes, um, fun name. Um, and, uh, we were not super organized about booking the accommodation in the first year. Like we always book it like, from, like after the one race, we book for the next race and then we book for the next race. But, we realized that that wasn't really a sustainable way to do it. So we took notes and coming into this year, we were super dialed about booking accommodation pretty early, getting our flights sorted to when we do have to go overseas, um, making a team camp. We were out in California for two months together. Um, we Last year we got an athletic trainer and last year we got him a little bit later. This year we also we, like, we had him through the entire off season. So that was amazing to have. Um, and we got the, we got the whole financial situation a bit sorted, dialed, know where we want to spend money, where we want to save money, what's important to us, what's less important to us. Um, yeah. And how to like, um, divide up the budget and stuff like that. Um, those are things that we definitely took away from last year. Last year was a learning experience. Um, also this year, everything got a lot more expensive with ESO taking over the, um, UCI Dahan, not my World Cup. Um, so, but it was like nothing we couldn't handle because we'd already like learned so much from last year that we were like, Hey, we got this. It wasn't even like a question if we don't got it or got it. We were just like, yo, we got this. We are going to, um, do things better than last year. Um, we'd always like, I'd like say like, you know, and I remember when then that happened and that happened, let's like not do that. And then she's like, good idea. Um, so, and we, um, split up like booking accommodations. Like I'd book half of the stuff. She'd book half of the stuff so that nobody has too much to do. And we'd always try to do it um, when we have time off, like actually in the off season. 
and not during races because we have so much going on during races. We just really try to focus on the race and on the social media part because last year we were trying to do everything at the same time and it just got a little too much. Um, but yeah, this year I feel so much more confident about it and everything's just kind of flowing way better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. We actually know what we're doing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a year of practice at figuring out how to do all this stuff under your belts and, you know, like anything, you, you learn and you get better at it. So I guess you touched a little bit on something I wanted to ask in here too, but you mentioned you're having an athletic trainer now. What sort of behind the scenes support do you have beyond that? Um, you've mentioned doing at least a bit of mechanic work yourself, but are you getting additional help with that or all that kind of, you know, the support staff that a bigger team might have, where are you kind of coming in on all that stuff? So shout out to Jarrett college first, our athletic trainer. He's the best. Um, other than that, we have, we, so what we do is we usually bring and usually have a mechanic at the races. We don't have anybody full time at the moment, but we try and bring somebody there to help us with that. Um, even just doing the little things like tire changes and brake blades, it's just, uh, it makes our life so much easier at the races, but we don't have anybody full time yet. Um, that is one of our goals for the future. We usually bring like friends with us that are like stoked on mountain biking. That'll be like, they're like, yo, I want to come. I'll do the shopping. I'll, uh, one time we had a physio with us, a friend of mine who was a physio. That was great. Um, last in Enderhide, we had, um, a girl actually text us on Instagram was like, Hey, I really want to experience the mountain bike world cup. Can I be part of your team for this race? I will help you in any way I can. And it was so cool. It's also like really cool to see that uh, we like kind of inspire people to get into the whole racing scene or they want to know what it is because they kind of like see us doing this thing and they're like, um, they, they want to support it. And that actually just really gives me a really good feeling because that's what we're trying to like achieve to um, give people like a better insight into the whole mountain bike downhill racing scene. Um, and also to inspire people. And I absolutely, those are my favorite DMs to get that, like people when they're like, yo, I love what you're doing. Um, keep, keep it up. You're like, it's so inspiring. You inspire this girl recently texted me that she started, um, racing cat three in the U S because I, we met at like this race over in Washington and we were, we thought her hat was cool because it said, I love hot dads. Um, and then we, and she was like, um, she was like, you guys are so cool. And then I followed you and now I like, I, I race uh, cat three and I'm like, that is amazing. I don't know. It just, that's just like a side effect of how much fun it is and how that really inspires me to keep going, you know? Yeah, that is super cool. And I mean, it is something that you talk a bit about kind of on the website and just in your description of the team that sort of being in some way a bigger part of the mountain bike community and an inspiration to other folks and that kind of things, part of the whole point of the program. And I like that a lot. So, um, was that something that you really felt like was part of the vision from the beginning or did you more, uh, develop that side of things a little more organically as you went and saw the response that you were getting to what you were doing as things kind of went? I'd say it was definitely part of the plan from the beginning to like generally just to inspire people to get out and ride their bikes more and, you know, just have fun riding bikes, you know, race if they want to. 
stuff like that definitely to inspire people just to ride in general it's probably initially like our idea was to inspire especially women because we're two women and it's um uh but also we've uh, managed to inspire quite a few guys like i um <laughs> i do like mountain bike coaching and i actually I get re requests where they're like hey i know you mostly do women's groups but we have these we have like this group of guys that would really love to go on a ride because they would just feel more comfortable like maybe in a mixed group or um, maybe with a female trainer just because it, it takes a little bit of pressure away um, and they just feel like it's more relatable and like um, and they just they like the way that I coach and I'm like oh, that is so cool um, and uh, what was I gonna say oh yeah our I think our, our very first idea was hey we want to race and we want to do this whole mountain bike thing on our own terms because that's why we started it. We started it because we loved it and we wanted to do it the way that we wanted to do it. And um, then like the like inspiring people and showing people um, what it can be like or how much fun we have or how much we love it or also the hard, the hard times of it, just like being really down to earth about it um, and also inspiring people. That's like, those were like our three, our three like core values in the beginning and what we wanted to aim for. Yeah. So the, um, bit about kind of coaching and getting people sort of keyed into what you're doing that way is also pretty cool. And I guess, Abby, tell me a little more about what you're up to on the coaching front. Um, what I'm up to on the coaching front. Uh, so I coach mountain bike. Um, and so I used to be a little bit more active in it before I was so active in um, World Cup racing. I would coach lots of kids, kids classes at my local bike park. Um, and, uh, I've had up to from like eight to 10 kids, um, level one, two, and sometimes three. Um, and then I started doing it like, uh, in, like I used to do it for, um, like a, a guy who was organizing something like that. And then I started doing it on my own, uh, with like women's groups. Sometimes it would be like individuals who specifically would approach me and ask. And then other times it would be like from a local bike club. Um, they would uh, send me uh, messages and ask if I could find a date because they have this group that wants to um, like wants to ride with me. And then I'd go out coaching. Uh, sometimes I do like multiple sessions with one group. Um, and yeah, and then Anna and I started doing these clinics together where we specifically went to like um, a little bike park in Germany. And we do clinics that usually um, are a little bit more uncommon, something like a jump clinic because jump clinics are really uncommon they're hard to hard to find and we did them specifically for women because a lot of women um are afraid to go to like mountain bike coaching courses because they feel like uh yeah there's too much pressure a lot of women are afraid to go riding with guys because like they don't want to make them wait and they don't want to they don't want to be a burden so like we try to take that pressure away and to um tell them on like a relatable level how to do something and um show them that it's possible because um it's really hard for people to believe things that they can't see and especially can't see live you know seeing something in the internet is always like oh yeah it's probably something something's there that something made that easier or they're just like really good and like we try to show to them like yo anybody can do this um everything's hard until you've done it for the hundredth time is like my philosophy so um yeah, it's just trying to get people out on bikes and um, push their own little limits or reach their own little goals. And um, yeah, that's that's my why I do coaching and that's um, how it happened. And then I, I was planning on doing lots of coaching in the winter now, like well, like October, November, because it's still like fair climate in um, Germany. 
but I ended up breaking my wrist. So I didn't do much coaching in the winter. <laughs> I really like that line of everything's hard till you've done it for the hundredth time. It's a, you know, it's a good note. And I think a good reminder that just, you know, you see people doing crazy stuff on a bike or whatever it might be, not necessarily even bike related. And, you know, that's just practice that goes into that. And Exactly. Consistency. So to move on to this season a little bit, you're one of the things that pretty exciting about the team that you got going on that's new is you're now riding some contra bikes and just curious to hear about first off how that came to pass in the first place how did you get in touch with contra and evan turpin the guy behind contra who's been on the show before and where did that whole partnership start so actually what happened was um evan sent us an email last year like august right august is still pretty mid-season you know we were we had we had a bike brand we had only been with them since april so like it was pretty it was still very current um and we got this email in our um on our team account and uh and then i like read it to anna and i was like oh like you know sometimes you get like spam emails from like from like uh like brands that are like hey we we make jerseys we make shirts and stuff like ride for us but like we have like apparel sponsors apparel sponsors so it kind of like just goes under but um he like sent this email and it was so cool he was so sure of himself and so confident in this email and he wrote it like it's such like a you know if you know evan he's kind of like he's like an awkward mad genius you know he's 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 like he's a little bit quirky but he's so smart and so sweet so and he means so well and like and reading this email it was like it was it was cool it was like um he was like yo i make these bikes i want you to ride these bikes they will make you faster <laughs> can i can i read a line from the email real quick i have it in front oh, of me please just, do. just one line I would love to build custom World Cup downhill bikes specifically to you girls that, were, that will far outperform anything available on the market. I'm 100% confident of this. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and then like, we, I read that to Anna and we were like, it wasn't oh, wrong. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and then Anna was like, oh man, in a perfect world, because he also said that like funding was like, um, going to be like, uh, like hard because he's like a really small brand. And, Anna and I were like, oh yeah, like we, we, we really want to ride really cool bikes, but we really do need the funding to support the actual World Cup entry fees and the travel fees and accommodation and all sorts of things that we have to pay for. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like, Anna, I love how Anna, Anna literally said like, yo, in a perfect world, I'd love to ride that bike because we looked at it and um, we looked at it online and it looked so steampunk. And Anna and I are actually like super punk. Like, <laughs> but Anna's still a little more punk than me, but uh, we have like janky tattoos, like bands on our feet. Uh, ripped jeans, uh, but mostly black clothing. Actually, Anna's a little bit color friendly. Anyways, um, but yeah, I've I become color really, friendly. <laughs> that's true. She's become color friendly. I wear a lot of white t-shirts, but yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah. So it really like Anna's like, yeah, this would really fit our vibe. And I was like, I know. And then, what did bikes do? Like the brand we were riding for. It was in a very. I don't want to. Like, they... I'm really. I really appreciate their support in like the past year. So I'm not going to drag them, but they were like, Hey, we want you to go in this direction. And we were like, Hey, we don't want to go in that direction. So creative differences made us want to find a new bike brand. And then this was like in October. Yeah, this was quite late. Yeah, it was quite late when that whole thing developed with them. Um, and then we were like, 
man, we want something that'll make us really happy because this isn't making us happy anymore. And we had some struggles throughout the year with the bike because it was a prototype. We knew it was going to be struggle. So we, we knew what we're getting ourselves into. And then we were like, hey, let's text Evan because we also forgot to answer Evan. Poor guy. Poor guy was left on red um, for like seven weeks, eight weeks, I think. And then we finally got back to him. We were like, we're so sorry. Your email really was so sweet. It caught us off guard. We were at World Champs when we read it. So we were we had like no no mind to answer. And we also did like, I don't know, it was it just kind of went under. And then we were like, we thought we talked to him and he was like still super stoked on the idea. And he was so behind it. And he was like so he just really knew what he wanted in that. And we it just took away all the fears of like partnering with a small brand because he was like just so sure of it, you know? And um that's also how we then uh, found our other sponsors. Thank you. Yes, um, that's how we got into contact with Jiro because his awesome wife, Margot, works for Jiro. And so we got into contact with them. And um, yeah, really everybody there brand. was so great. Yeah. Yeah, they're a big brand, but everybody there, like, yeah, it was, there, it was just really cool um, being in contact with so many great people that got this all to work. Um, and they really supported the great... story. Like they supported Evan. They, mm -hmm. they know Evan, they, they love Evan and they wanted him to succeed. And if, having this huge brand, you know, like Juro, you know them from like snow sports, road cycling, mountain biking, everything, they're everywhere. And these people being like, yes, Evan knows what he's doing. We support this. And then Anna and I were like, this is a no brainer. We're gonna go for it. So um, we had been on Liat last year and Unic. Those were like two um, our apparel brands and protector brands. So we had to, sadly, we had to part ways with them and hop on board with Giro as our head to toe. Um, so protectors and clothing. Um, and in combination with that, the whole Contra bikes thing worked out. And um, it all just kind of fell into place. So it really felt like it was meant to be because it all just worked and it was, and we, we met these cool people behind these cool brands and we had so many video calls with them in the winter, like November, December, we're mostly the planning phase and everything. And then going into January, it all started happening. Yeah. And, um, I mean, for, first off, absolutely love that story about the email from Evan and, uh, yeah, it's just, he's kind of taking some big swings with that company and, uh, pretty cool to see that that's, you know, that the bikes are getting raced at World Cups now for pretty rare thing for a company that small to be having a team racing them. So, but I take it you didn't even have the opportunity to ride the bike before you kind of got on board, just had to take a little bit of a leap of faith there. Is that right? Precisely. <laughs> but like with his confidence, like I honestly didn't have a doubt in my mind that it wasn't going to work. And Anna and I had already been on prototypes. Like Anna and I had spent last year on prototype bikes. They were actually prototype carbon bikes, so you can imagine. But um, yeah, so we kind of we were we were used to the whole testing, test trial and error situation. And um, but Evan just was so he just convinced us. And so, I mean, when did you first actually get on the contras then? And uh, what was the process like of kind of working with Evan to figure out what you wanted in the race bikes, because obviously his production bikes, 
you know, enduro bike that he's sort of adapted up to the longer travel DH format with some geometry tweaks and what have you. But um, kind of what did that whole prototyping and development process look like from your end? And when did you first get to hop on board one? So we, um, we started talking to him about the bikes, like pretty much, yeah, super quickly after we told him that, yeah, we'd be super down to work with him. We talked to him about our preferences in bikes, like our height, our weight, et cetera, et cetera. So he could like custom tune the geometry or custom make the geometry for us, um, so that it suits us. And then we got to California at the beginning well, of... Wait, hold up. We sent him also um, the whole bike, every bike that we'd ridden so far, like every single model we'd been on, every downhill bike, and what we liked about it and what we didn't like about it and what frame sizes we were on and everything. So he knew um, what chain length we, we liked, um, what reaches were good for us, what wheelbase was good, what, what uh, head tube angles and everything we preferred. Um, and, uh, he kind of like found like the golden middle between all of the bikes that we've ridden so far. And he took lots of da data. He had all the kinematics. Like we told him what, our, what bikes we'd ridden. And in, in like a day, he had all the kinematics of all those models written down and all lined up against each other. And it was like, it was just so cool to see where he was getting all of his ideas from, you know? And then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how we like discuss the geometry and how long which part of the bike was supposed to be and what angle it was supposed to be how we like our bottom brackets and stuff like that and um yeah and then he he adapted it he adapted his enduro frame to fit those preferences because since he makes all of those bikes custom in-house in california where he lives uh he can he cuts the tubes he welds he well he has a guy that welds the tubes um and he can make the angles perfectly he like rearranges his little jigs that's like I feel like I heard him say the word jig while we were in California more than a million times. <laughs> That's like his favorite word. Um, I also think it's his favorite tool, his jigs. Um, and he yeah. he was telling us how he like tuned them to like make this work and everything. And then we got to California and we got to ride the bikes for the first time, which I was very excited about because you know we'd been waiting to actually see the bikes in person and ride them for a good good few months at that point yeah this and was in march when we got there this the was in, of march. yeah this was in march it was super rainy in california like i think somebody told me that that winter they had 300 times the amount of rain that they have like normally all year something ridiculous it was very wet um we didn't know these trails but i was so excited to get out and ride and let me tell you i have never felt this comfortable on a bike that quickly ever yeah first lap didn't feel like i had to fight the bike i just felt like we just like chucked our suspension in there put our wheels in and we kind of just like rode it and it I, I just felt like i was just on the bike the way i wanted to be on the bike like I, my hips didn't have to move too much to make the bike go a certain direction that i that it was going that i didn't want it to go and stuff like that i was just like planted on it it felt like it just felt really good like from the first instant and i we kid you not, it was raining cats and dogs the first day that we were on this bike. <laughs> we got to California and like in a week later, he had the bikes all built up because we brought some of the parts with us from our other sponsors. And we had it all built up and we couldn't wait to go out and ride. And I was still a little bit sick and it was like pouring rain in these new trails. 
but we couldn't wait. So that was like our first ride on the bike. And Evan was out there tuning and adjusting our suspension in the pouring rain <laughs> and riding with us. And his wife, Margot was shuttling us on these, on these local trails in, South, in Santa Cruz. And that was our first experience on the bike. Like it just, they weren't even painted yet. Like they, we got there and he had just welded them. Um, so we wrote, we're riding these raw unpainted frames. And the best part about it was cause it's steel, you know, it rusts. We had to, after we cleaned them, we had to oil them with olive oil <laughs> so that they wouldn't rust. And, but we, but also we didn't want to wait, you know, to like, um, have them painted to ride them. So we were just like, it was like, it became standard practice for us to, um, wash the bikes and oil them up with olive oil it was so weird but it was so good it was just an all-around amazing experience with these with this material that we've also never ridden before i've never ridden a steel bike not even like a hardtail or anything i've always had aluminum then i was on carbon forever and so this new material like having to think about all the things that go into it but also knowing all the possibilities and how it actually feels it was just mind-blowing yeah it was incredible and I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't nervous before riding the bike for the first time partly because I'd also never ridden a steel bike but also because like um the bike is definitely a race bike and I've ridden race bikes in the past that I didn't get along well with because I felt like they were just too planted and like that I was just standing on the bike and the bike was doing everything that I wasn't actually able to ride it but this bike, like, it blows my mind because, like, it does exactly what you want it to. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It just does exactly what I want it to. When I want it to be planted, it's super planted, but it also jumps really well. It corners insanely good. I don't quite understand how and why it's good at everything, but it is. And it's incredible. Um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous, but, like, it just exceeded all of my expectations, this bike. And it has like super skinny tubes. Like if you've been, if you've been, if you know, like a carbon bike, you know, like uh, they have pretty wide top tubes. Like, um, I don't know. It's like a solid like hand width, you know, uh, some of them or some of them that I've been riding, but these, they're like skinny tubes. And when you look down and you just like, it's like this super skinny bike underneath you. It just felt so weird in the beginning, but you get super used to it, and on and on the weight side, I was expecting it to be pretty heavy, huh? But um, it's actually not that bad. It's actually very, it's very like comparable to a lot of downhill bikes on the market right now. Um, I think we have a downhill bike that's like seventeen point five kilos, which is for me an ideal weight for a downhill bike because nobody really, all you know, all those guys that are like adding um weighted blocks to their um, bottom brackets because their bike's too light and they want like a, a center of gravity on it. And the coolest thing about these bikes is that when you lift them up, they don't tip um, front heavy or, or rear heavy. They just, they're very central weighted. You know, if you grab it at the top tube and lift it up, it just goes up, you know, like uh, straight off the ground. It doesn't like tip around. Um, so most of the weight is concentrated around the center of the bike and like around your, your center of mass of your body when you're riding. So it's really easy to just um, move it around. And also it's pretty easy to bunny hop it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe the chain stay length, maybe the where the weight is on the bike. Um, maybe I'm just super strong and it doesn't matter what the bike does, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> doubt it. But yeah, it, it, hey, 
<laughs> it actually, it actually, I was riding this super rocky trail the other day, and I like it was. I hadn't been to this bike park in like five years, so I didn't actually know what the trail was going to look like. And like first lap going down it, you know, when you like come over a rock and then you you think you can roll it, but then you can't because it's more of a drop, and you're like, oh boy. So and then it was like super easy, but to just pop up the front, you know, and just kind of like 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 spend it over this little this little rock gap so that you didn't like crash or whatever um it, it just it's really easy to move around even at slow speeds even if you were like where you usually just like tiptoe around and like, like uh, uh, uh. it was kind of like you just be like bum, ba -dum, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and it was anyways weird it's i'm making a lot of hand motions that you can't see but i hope you know <laughs> what i mean yeah not quite a visual medium here but i think i followed most of that and uh i mean certainly sounds like you're quite happy with the bike this far did you end up making any tweaks on subsequent iterations after those first prototypes or did was that just it you were like these are ready to go here we are yep yeah we were like yep this is good no need anything changed we have um another frame that we could have had like could have tweaked things or had things changed but personally i didn't feel like there was anything that i wanted to change like it just worked really well for me or works really well for me yeah, the only changes we had to make were like in suspension tuning and stuff like that, and then um, and the wheels that were built in and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that was that was it. We just we we had that bike and we just we liked how it felt. And any new bike you get, you're always going to have to get used to. And I, but I feel like we got used to this bike so quickly that I then didn't want to change anything else because I was like, yeah, this works for me. Like I I want this, and I I'm used to this now. Like we had like four weeks on it or something uh in california and then we were like yeah i don't want to change anything i just want like an identical bike that would just be a spare because evan is super down to earth he knows that these are prototypes and he knows that something can always happen and and world cup racing you know you're at such high speeds and such there's so many forces that play there that anything can happen to any bike and he's like okay then i will get you guys a spare frame um, so that you guys don't have to compromise and won't miss, won't have to miss a race or whatever, just because it's like a prototype or something. And um, I don't actually feel like I'm going to like need it as like a spare. It's more like just having a second bike in case I blow up a wheel and I have to race back up to my race run because like all the times are also super tight now between training and race runs at World Cups. So it's a huge relief to be able to have a second bike. And um, it, it felt better to me to just have the like this identical bike than to have one that has a different geometry for different tracks because I mostly just tweak my suspension and like my um, tire pressure and maybe like handlebars and stuff like that um, or like the the height of my fork those are like the things that I tweak at different World Cup tracks but I didn't feel like I needed to have um, a, like a longer bike or um, a longer chainstay for like these different tracks because when we were in the U.S. we rode it at a few races like we raced. Um, the Northwest Cup in a uh, dry hill in Washington, which was not very dry hill. It was more like wet hill, but yeah. <laughs> it was um, soaking. Always. It was soaking. But I, I'm from Washington yeah. too. Like that place is named for irony. It's it rains there just absolutely <laughs> oh. nonstop. Like e you know, even by <laughs> Pacific Northwest standards, it is extra wet over there. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got that. <laughs> then we rode it over in Santa Barbara and we were visiting Jared when he did some athletic assessments with us. Um, and that was super rocky over there. And we rode it in Santa Cruz the whole time. So 
we had like these different, you had a variety of trails to ride it on. And so we ultimately decided that we didn't want to change the geometry. We wanted it just like that. And it's a mullet setup. So it's 27.5 in the front, 29 in, uh, 27.5 in the rear, 29 in the front. Um, and we have it with SR Sun Tour um, uh, suspension. And um, yeah, so that's how we set it up and that's how we want to keep it. And now we both have two downhill bikes to work with um, throughout the season. Um, we haven't actually uh, released our second bikes yet. They're um, a different colorway. They're super nice. Uh, we're probably going to ride them like, I don't know, uh, world champs or maybe at U.S. Nationals for the first time. Um, yeah, because uh, we also know that um, the characteristics of steel kind of like change when it gets used. So we want both bikes to feel similar. So it's, we're going um, to start using the other bikes so that we have really two truly identical bikes. Right on. And I guess that's a pretty good segue into kind of the start of the 2023 season so obviously you were diving in with not a ton of time on the new bikes yet relatively speaking given just time frame there but how things been going so far we're kind of two world cups in at this point how are you feeling about how the season's going i'm not gonna lie i actually had more time to get used to this bike than i've had at any other season so far because every time it's been such a hustle to get the bikes and all that except for when i was riding for like a brand for multiple years in, in order but last year was even more stressful. But this year, due to like the World Cup season starting pretty late and having those two months in California and like middle races to get used to it, um, it actually, I actually felt way more confident um, with the bike. I was still getting over an injury. So like I'm still dealing with some other sides of racing. But um, yeah, the bike uh, felt pretty good. And as I said, we, like, we raced um, that uh, race in Dry Hill in Washington. Anna smashed it and won. Um, and then we raced uh, a Sea Otter, which was more of like a cross-country track. So it wasn't very downhill. Um, but we raced that on the Enduro. Abby so. raced a Sea Otter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Abby, okay. Anna was doing um, doing her thing in dual foam and was like sending this step down and got caught off by the wind and like took a big tumble. So she didn't end up racing the cross country race. Um, the downhill cross country race. Sorry. Sorry. I don't mean to drag the other, but it's definitely not a downhill BMX. Race. Anyways, downhill BMX. There you go. Um, downhill cross country BMX. <laughs> yeah. So those were like our beginning races. Then we headed back over to Europe, raced two races, like two like local races here in Germany, Ice, Dirt Masters and Winterberg and, um, uh, Tottenau Swiss cup. And, uh, yeah, so those were like our, our preseason races. And then we dove into the World Cups. Um, yeah, we both podiumed at the Swiss Cup, which was awesome. Um, and a podium in Winterberg, uh, the German race. And yeah, Anna, how has your season been so far? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, I had, again, a really good preseason, which was nice. Um, um, discounting sea otter but other than that I had a really good preseason so I was stoked on that stoked how I was feeling on the bike then we got to Lenzerheide and um yeah the Lenzerheide was good it was fun like the track was good um we got to try the new format for the first time which was quite stressful but it was good um yeah I had a good race there I had a little mistake oh I made it into finals which I was very stoked about because I was super unsure like again with the new format with having qualification and then semi-finals and potentially finals in the same day it's a lot and I was very nervous but I was super stoked to make it into finals um made a stupid mistake in finals um like I blew my foot off on a tree and then couldn't get clear 
back in for the next section. But um, yeah, I finished 10th at that race, which I'm happy about. And then um, last week in Leo Gang, I got 11th in semifinals, 0.5 seconds off of 10th um, and a spot in finals. So that was a bit annoying, but that was all my doing. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't ride fast <laughs> enough. But um, yeah, the season's been good so far. I've been having like a really good time going to races and riding the bike and hanging out with everybody and hanging out with Abby, obviously. And yeah, it's been good. It's been going good. I'm having fun. That's good. And yeah. And on my end, oh, sorry, no, go for it, Abby. Uh, and on my end, um, I, I knew that I was coming into the season off of a big injury cause I, I shattered my wrist like pretty bad. Um, my left wrist, uh, and I was off the bike from September all the way until March until we actually went to California um, so I went straight out from not riding onto a new bike. So, um, I was dealing with some like a stiff wrist and also just a lot of like just, uh, mm, mental blocks in the sense of like riding really fast. And even though I feel really fast in training and I can see it in my GoPro videos that I'm going really fast when it then actually comes to racing to the race run, I feel like I just need to, I'm. I'm not letting myself go super fast yet because I am just still afraid to crash on my left side or to make a stupid mistake and get and like result in a stupid injury. And, um, yeah, just, I've just been dealing with a lot of that. So I told myself, like, Hey, I'm just going to go into this season. I'm going to be there for the team and I'm going to use these races to get used to the bike and get used to racing again and get used to riding fast and to slowly progress into it because I'm really trying not to push myself. Um, because I know that if I push myself, it's like bad things will happen. So, um, so yeah, I, um, I actually, I didn't do so great in Nazar Hyde, although I actually did do good. I just crashed in my race run, um, in a very loose, um, right-hander, uh, and then I had to like push down to the next, like entrance to the next corner. So it was a stupid place to crash, uh, hop back on my bike. Um, and it was like at the half of the track, right before the steep section of Benzerhide. And I realized both of my brakes had like gone away. Like both of my levers were like, um, underneath the handlebars. And I was like, oh gosh. So I had to stop, push my front, my rear brake back out so that I at least had my rear brake. Then like pedaled into the steep section, kept riding and rode the entire bottom of the Benzerhide track with only my rear brake. And it was super sketch. But I ended up in 29th only, only, I say this in parentheses, only 11 seconds off of the qualification time, even with the crash and my mechanical problem. So I was like, okay, stupid mistake, but I know I can do it. Like, I know it's there. Uh, and then in Leo Gang, um, it's just a physical track and it's so fast. And I... I just, and it was super stormy right before we went into the, into our race run. And I don't know why, but on the motorway, I ended up catching headwind, like headwind that was enough to like make my helmet blow up. And I was like, what, like, you know, like lift your head. And I was like, what is this? And so I was like casing jumps. I'd never cased before. And I was pedaling and I knew that if I'm going to pedal there, I was going to be like super tired for the bottom wood section, which was super physical. So I was very torn on what to do. And, um, so, and then in like the, like the last corner, right before you hit, head to that last final jump in Leo gang, I came on cliff because I, I missed the rut. And so like, yeah, um, super mistake, um, pedaled into that jump and totally over, overshot it, but it was great. Um, yeah, 
It ended up 25th, which is still four spots better than last week in Menzerhead, which is like, yeah, I'm slowly progressing, but I know that I am not as fast as I should be or as I was, and I am really eager to get back to that. But I'm also trying not to push myself at the same time. So I'm really taking these um, race by race and um, just trying to have fun on the bike and find some flow. Um, and that's why I'm really excited to race Crankworks this week because I love Crankworks downhill because you have so much practice time, so much more than at a World Cup. And um, I really like the vibe at Crankworks. And it's a very relaxed vibe. And I think it's something that I, that's really, like, that I can really work with. And that's really going to play into what I'm trying to achieve right now on the bike. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I had fun at these at these World Cups, and the tracks were great. Um, and, was, and I also loved seeing everybody again. I, I just loved the pit vibes and every, all the racers, and everyone's so nice and supportive and stuff like that. And it's just really fun to be there. And um, yeah, so I was really stoked for Anna, and I'm just like, so that's what I also really like about our team is um, like if one of us gets in the in, into the next onto the next day, then the other person's just there for the other person. And we have these little rituals that we do before each race round. And um, I just always think it's really important to like keep those consistent. So like, even if I'm not racing um, semifinals or finals that day, I still go up to start with Anna and like warm up with her kind of like um, as, as we would for a normal race run. So um, yeah, it's actually like, I, I, I'm like not mad about it. And I, I had fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's good so far. Good start to the season. Right on. And I guess for either or both of you, do you have any particular goals in mind for the rest of this season or maybe even just for beyond racing for looking a little farther forward than just 2023? Do you have anything that comes to mind there? So one thing that I'm really excited about is for us to finally race national champs against each other. Um, oh my God, yes. Year, right? Last year was the first year that I uh, that I went to national champs in the US and I'm currently vice national champion by like half a second. Half a second off the win last year. Um, and But Anna didn't make it because she was um, busy racing Andorra and getting one of her best results ever. Anyways, um, so uh, this year, um, national champs is in mid-July. And we're both going to be there and we're really excited because we're both American, obviously. So it's just been really fun to like, it's like, I, I know that we, we always race against each other because we're in the same category, but it, I feel like it's just like, it's going to be like this really fun head to head battle because uh, we're currently the top ranked um, U.S. riders in the, um, on like the UCI ranking. Um, and uh, so it's just going to, I think it's going to be a great race and I'm really excited like, you know, knock on wood, but I'm really excited for one of us to take the sleeve. <laughs> I'm just there's like, a lot of there's a lot of competition. But yeah, I know, I, but I, that's what we I love. We love competition. So I'm yeah, I'm not gonna like not gonna knock it before it happens or anything, but you know, I just feel like there's a possibility and I think it would be really fun. So that's what I'm really excited about. Um and then also just to like race the full World Cup season. Because last year, like, as I said, because I was a national chance, I wasn't in Andorra. So I'm really excited to go to World Cup Andorra this year. Really excited for um, Ludenville. It's good. It's a new stop this year on the World Cup circuit. Um, and then finish off the year in uh, North America. It's going to be it's going to be pretty fun. And obviously, the goal is to make it into finals uh, consist like, you know, more consistently for both of us. I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, my goal is to like make it into semifinals and finals. 
um, because I, I there's I know I know I can because there's people in the in the semifinals and finals that I used to like last year I was uh, on par with or faster than even so um, yeah I, I I know that I can be there and I know that I want to be there so that's obviously my goal but my immediate goal is to have fun on the bike again because like get ri- get rid of that block and get rid of the fear of crashing right now and get into it and then uh yeah in 2023 like through the rest of the season and into 2024 um just ride faster ride better and i personally am also really keen to get into like the whole trick scene of um mountain biking like i'm i want to try um i want to try myself at like speed and style and i want to get better at like whips and i want to learn more tricks on the bike because i'm really enjoying that part of mountain biking right now um so obviously the goal is to get faster but also personally i really could see myself going in the direction a little bit of like um some tricks and freestyle so um yeah i'm trying to like do it parallel because they're both two joys of mine yeah and for me i'd say one of my main goals this season i think i've got the or at least last year i definitely had the consistency part down like i was very consistent consistently around like between like 11th and 7th and 8th place I was like always around like you know 9th to 10th I'd like to improve (laughs) that's my goal done with the consistency I really want to get better now (laughs) right on and well I think that's a pretty good note for us to wrap up on here and so Abby Anna thank you both for coming on and just really looking forward to watching more of how you two can get on this season and best of luck with everything. This has been super fun. Thank you so much for having us. Um, yeah, I had a blast doing this. I had a really good time. So yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, I know you couldn't see me, but I was smiling for most of it because I just love telling the story. (laughs) Awesome. Well, really appreciate it, both of you and good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And as always, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a rating or review at Apple Podcasts to help keep the show going and growing. I'd also like to say thanks to Anna and Abby for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing the episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we'll be back again next week. Bye, everybody.